dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Mother Natalia. Hello, listeners. Father Michael, this topic today is Mother Natalia's topic. She is here live visiting me in Los Angeles, and we are on a very Los Angeles location with some very Los Angeles friends and uh, recording on her own reflections from her retreat. So this is the day after she gets done with her retreat. And you are probably used to hearing her beautiful and deep insights about retreat whenever she talks to our Lord. But this will be a very unique situation that I know you will look forward to. Uh, We also have the the instructor in the way that we do our, our spiel at the end. We have him live, so you'll get to hear from him the best way to advertise our podcast. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. Uh, this is so weird. We've never recorded somewhere like this. It's very interesting. We recorded behind Christ the Bridegroom where you could hear bugs in the background. Remember this? That's true. Yeah, I do remember that. That was nice. So dear listener, what do you hear in the background? Who are you asking? Dear listener. Which listener? Oh, like the ones actually. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you meant because we have like an audience of four. No, I was talking to the dear listeners. Oh. These are the dearest listeners around us right now. Every other listener is offended. They don't know who we are, so. For five days, God God called everything good on this day. What he made was very good. These are our very dear listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. So um, what you're hearing behind you is the Pacific Ocean. Behind you. <laughs> what you're hearing behind mother and in front of me and uh, in the background. That's what I meant. <laughs> that's, that's that story. This is, I forget the priest's name, but he's, God rest his soul. He's passed away a few years ago, but he was the one who um, was not American. English was his second language. And he would start class at the seminary. I just heard the story. He would start class at the seminary by writing the entire outline on the board. So like the entire class, he'd write, like after they got in, like they would get into class. I think they'd probably say the prayer and then he would just write out the entire outline. So it was like f- five to 10 minutes of just silence. And I think he was expecting them to write it down, like take notes what he was writing. But of course the seminarians being seminarians would just start talking to each other, right? And then, and he would, he would stop writing like on the chalkboard and they would all just po- stop talking because they knew he was listening. He'd start back up again and then they would start talking. And then one time he goes... I hear noises coming from my behind. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, that that story's obviously gone around. Uh, So yeah, English is not my second language either. Um, So that's why I was saying behind you. It is, I lied. It's my first language. (laughs) By the way, um, another lie I said was on the last podcast or on the Dormition podcast, not the last one, on the Dormition podcast, um, which was like, what, five ago now? Maybe like three. Um, I did not lie. I did not mean to lie. Um, but a correction, like we, I thought we'd do more often than we actually have. It'll be four because there was the one with Natalie who's sitting right next to us and then the two Vegas ones. Okay. So it'll be four ago. So four ago, we were talking about the remission and the feast and there was a line. If you remember that episode, we did not prepare for it. We were just reading and commenting <laughs> on uh, on the the. Uh, canon for the feast or mission if you remember this and um there was a line about a very um i forget the word now but it was a very bold i think the word bold man who had his hands cut off um and i impudent i'm sorry impudent no maybe it was i don't remember i thought it i thought he even said bold but it wasn't just bold because bold bold could be a positive thing it was also a negative thing anyway and it said he had his hands cut off um there there is a story about um lovely lady about what i mentioned (laughs) Mother's has not any to drink, I promise, even though she sounds like it. Um, just random songs. <laughs> um, but anyway, the, just make a long story short. Uh, the story, as the story goes, it's not what I said it was. I won't repeat it because there's another story that I did repeat that is just kind of awkward. Um, but there is another story about a, a man, and I read this afterwards. I had not heard this before after four years of seminary and 17 years of priesthood. you think I would have heard this? Um, but uh, about a man who at Mary's funeral... Uh, tried to tip over the casket or trip over, uh, tip over the beer. And when he went to tip it over just because he had an issue, obviously, with her um, for some reason, um, God cut both of, her hand, both of his hands off so that he could not do that. Um, so that's what, that's what the prayer in the office was referring to. That is obviously a tradition, not the scriptures. Neither is her death, but I just wanted to comment that we, we dig 
we did dig that up, and that's what the story is, not what I said earlier. All right. Um, Thanks for sharing that clarification, correction. I sound like you, I, I feel like you're not saying that in sincerity. I am saying okay. it in sincerity. I believe you. I believe you. I think okay. I think the sun is making me really tired, and so I'm like having trouble focusing. No, just like hat? being in the heat Wear and the a hat, mother. What? Wear a hat. Okay. Um, okay. Thanks, Natalie. <laughs> go Bruins. Okay, so we have here uh, Andrew Whaley. Oh my gosh, you have a tiny Hello, head. I don't think I can listeners. wear this hat. We have here Natalie Bechet. Hello. We have here Cowboy. Hello. And Maddie. Hi. And we're all at the beach, and we're waiting for hopefully Father Timothy, who is a oh, he is Good. a Coptic monk priest who's going to join us. Because Natalie, you actually say Coptic monk friend. priest because that's really interesting because we say priest monk. Actually, they call him hero monk, I guess. But I, uh, yeah, we say we say hero monk as well. Priest okay. A lot. He doesn't say priest. I don't. Maybe my memory is bad, but I'm pretty sure he says monk priest. That's fine. Um, so yeah, he'll he'll come and we'll obviously introduce him. Um, yeah. So we're we're all in Los Angeles because Mother just finished up her retreat last night. Yeah, so she's really holy. I don't know about that. Um, I almost made a joke about the white veil that I'm wearing right now, but then nothing actually formed in my mind. So I regret <sighs> saying that I tried to think of a joke. Maybe we'll have to take it. a picture of us for the cover of this podcast with you wearing your white veil. Yeah, um, with my Bruins hat. Is that you what have it? your you have your hair sticking out of the side so I can see how short it is. I do not. Uh, you totally do. Oh, you mean there are like wisps coming out? Yes. Yeah, that's not how short my hair is, Father okay. Michael. That happens with girls' hair. <laughs> like it's not, that's what just like little pieces of hair. That's not how long oh, my hair okay. actually is. My hair is longer than that. Okay. Um, wisps. <laughs> wisps. <laughs> I did say that word. Um, how was your retreat, Mother? Thanks for that transition, Father Michael. He's like, she's <laughs> never going to do this. I need to just do it for her. Um <laughs> So retreat was, it was, I think it was good. Do you think it was good? I thought it was very good. Okay. Um, I just told Father Michael that I thought that I was like the most boring retreat ever this week because I just, every time we got together for spiritual direction, I was like, I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say. Um, And spiritual direction, normally I can go for at least an hour every day retreat. And this time I was just like, well, here's 10 minutes and that's pretty much what I have. And um, basically what happened was in all of my prayers, this is really beautiful. Like in LA, you can see the mountains and the beach together. Mm-hmm. Like that's something that you have that, and, and the Ferris wheel. Imagine this is my favorite beach because of the Ferris wheel. I just love the fact that you can see Santa Monica Pier and that beautiful wow. amusement park on the pier. Yeah, Santa Monica Pier, Santa Monica Beach makes sense. So anyways, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm really distracted by how beautiful it is here. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> um, the, stop. <laughs> so <laughs> um, I'm glad you went there. Okay, so I retreat. Um, as I was praying, I really haven't had anything to drink. Like father Michael said, I think I'm just really tired. Um, on retreat, it was just like all of my prayer time. Um, it felt like there was no content to it. Like I thought, so first of all, I thought that I was coming into retreat with these like huge problems that needed solved. And then when father Michael and I were driving on that first day of retreat, I, just told him about like all of these problems that I thought I needed to solve on retreat. And then in that conversation, I was like, Father Michael, I don't think that's what this week is about at all, which kind of made me panic because I was like, then what is this week supposed to be about? Because for the last two months, I've just convinced myself that this is all I'm going to do for the next week. And so if that's not it, then what is it? Um, And then during the week, it kind of felt like when I was trying to figure out what the retreat was supposed to be about, Jesus was kind of like, nothing. Nothing is what the retreat is supposed to be about. Um, So it was hard because like there weren't any 
profound revelations to share with Father Michael from like the scripture I was reading or the things that I was praying about. And there were like little tidbits here and there. And, um, and there were some really practical convictions for things for when I go back to the monastery. And, and so that's good. But, um, but there weren't, there just weren't like a lot of profound revelations I felt like. And that stirred up a lot of things. Like I had to confront things that I wasn't expecting because of that. Like I had to address the insecurities of like having to tell my spiritual director, like I have nothing to show for this prayer or thinking about like going back to the monastery and all the nuns are going to say, how was retreat? What can you share? What fruits do you have? And I'm going to be like, nothing. I have nothing to share. Um, and like, we're going to record a podcast at the end of retreat and I have nothing to say on it. And, um, and I was starting to feel really, self-conscious about that. Um, And then I picked up Diary of a Russian Priest, which I've talked about a few times on the podcast before and which I'm still reading um, because it's not a very long book, but it's just like each paragraph is so packed. Like it's just a compilation of his, yeah, it's really dense um, because it's a compilation of different things that he's written in his in his journal or things that he's written in letters to people or whatever. And so each thing is just so dense that it's like, I can only read it for 10 minutes at a time. And so I picked that up at some point during the retreat, just at the moment where I'm starting to feel self-conscious about the fact that I seemingly have nothing to show for these hours of silence. And the part that I was reading in the book, he was sharing, um, he was writing about this um, like vacation slash retreat that he was on out in the country and how necessary it is to have um, time of leisure and rest basically um, and quiet in order to um, like really fuel us in life and and in our spiritual life in particular. Um, And so that was kind of reassuring. And then on the last day, um, when I was praying at Natalie's dad's church, Abuna Gregory's church, um, also Natalie's church. I just, you kind of refer to it as like the priest. That's what I mean. Like I would say Father Michael's parish, Abuna Gregory's parish, also Natalie Bechet's parish. <laughs> um, and I spent a, I spent like several hours there um, on Monday, the, the last full day of retreat. And um, while well, Father Michael did some work in one of the offices and I was praying with um, the passage from Matthew where um, Jesus is anointed with the costly perfume, right? And, and, um, and then it says the disciples say, um, the disciples say like, what a waste this is, right? Um, and Jesus says, this isn't a waste. Um, she's preparing me for my burial, but it's like, this, you know, we, we talk about this passage frequently. Um, I've heard lots of homilies on it and just about this like excessiveness that's given to the Lord and how this excess given to the Lord is not a waste. And that just had me reflecting on this time that I've spent with him in prayer and in silence, even if there's not conversation happening, um, how it's fruitful because... I'm giving in excess to the Lord and that that can't be a waste. Um, And one of the convictions I I had on retreat had nothing to do actually with like my holy hours that I was making or something. It was in divine liturgy on Saturday evening. Um, At some point during the anaphora, the consecration, I just was so moved by seemingly randomly. I was like, why do I do anything in my life that's not focused on my salvation? Like, why do I make any single comment, any single, like, why is any encounter, why is any use of my time, why do I do anything that's not for this? Like, this is the most important thing, not just in the world, but in existence. Um, and, And here I am thinking that 
this time that I'm spending with Jesus, because I don't have something tangible to show for it, I, at no point did I think it was a waste of time, but I was tempted to think it was a waste. Whereas in actuality, so much of the things, like so many of the things that we're doing, that like those are the things that are actually a waste. Um, so many of the superficial conversations I have or so many of the like, like wasting time on certain emails or reading certain things or, or looking through different articles or something like that. Like if that's not contributing to my salvation, if that's not contributing to, um, to the way that I'm going to spend eternity with the Lord, then like that's the waste. But those are the things that society tells us are a good use of time. And that for me to just sit in silence with the Lord um, without anything to show for it, like that's what we're tempted to think is the waste. And, um, and I guess I just was struck by the sadness of that, um, by the sadness of, of how we have this misconception of what it is to actually waste. Because when, um, I guess something is waste if it's not useful for a particular purpose, right? So we're just, I think, really often not looking at the right purpose. And that's why certain things seem like a waste. And the example that I, the example that I thought of with this was this phrase that you hear in Catholic circles, um, usually I think said as a joke, but this um, phrase, Father, what a waste? Like you've heard this before, yeah, Father Michael? Yes. Um, hopefully not like directed at you, but maybe even, anyways, we don't, we're not gonna talk about that. So, um, so this phrase, <laughs> this phrase, Father, what a waste that women will use. Honestly, I probably even said it in college. I don't remember. Um, if I do, I greatly regret it. But the implication being that like this really good looking, talented man who became a celibate, that that's a waste. And again, I think it's said jokingly, usually. Um, uh, some of the, some of our audience does not think that it's a joke. Um, so maybe that's me trying to like think the best of people in hoping that it's a joke, <laughs> but, uh, but it's just like, I, I've encountered this as a nun, right? That, um, when people, um, like when I was entering the monastery and, and coworkers and things like that, like actually some of them got pretty angry with me and like told me that this was like an effing waste of time and things like that. And, um, and, and it's just, I don't know, it's just really sad. And it's this, this idea that if, if I'm sacrificing certain things for my own advantage, like some people are okay with this if it's for a career or, or even in a more selfless way for your family, right? Um, then they're okay with the sacrifices. But if you're making the sacrifice seemingly for the Lord, then it's often looked at as a waste. Um, and, and I just come back to like that story of the anointing um, at Bethany, like that story is in all four gospels, right? Because Jesus says, and it's one of the few things that's in, it is in all four gospels, right? Um, I'm pretty sure it is. I just did the thing again. I'm so sorry. But I think it is because that's um, something that um, Jesus said, what this woman has done will be remembered for all time. Like it will be told to everybody. And so that's what makes me think it's in all four gospels. Um, yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything to say so far? Yeah. Um, going back a couple, a couple ideas. There's, uh, I, I love, I love when a, like a new spiritual child of mine will say, Oh father, what should I do for prayer? Like teach me how to pray type thing. And I'll, I will always say, okay, the first thing is, is to find like the time of day when you can pray here. Here's the things you should be praying at least in a week even if you can't break everything down, like if you, you can't do scripture and saints and meditation and, you know, all these things in one day, then just like do that all in a week. So do scripture one day, meditate upon the life of the saint another day, another day, you know, do an act of charity, whatever, like get it in through a whole week. But I will always say, find it, fi figure out how much time you're able to pray, like a prudent amount of time to pray. And if you say, then whatever you decide, cut it in half, always cut it in half because 
they're almost like always like shocked. Like, I, like you're, you're telling me to pray less. I'm like, yes, I'm telling you to pray less. What I'm, what I'm saying is, is pray, pray half of what you think you can. Give that as a goal. And then I promise you, after you've passed that up, your prayer will be more fruitful in general. So w- w- once your prayer time is actually generous and not an obligation, once your prayer time is saying, you know, I, 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 pray, I prayed for 15 minutes and I felt like it was an obligation. That's the goal I have. I'm checking a box. But now I could get up and go to something else. I could listen to music. I could, I could read. I could, you know, go do my work. I, 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 could, do, I could do many different things. Um, and so instead of doing those things, I'm going to stay in praying. And, and so the prayer actually becomes more of an excess. You used that word earlier, right? It's, it's excessive and it's excessive to what I promised and excessive to, uh, to what I promised myself, what I promised my spiritual director. So therefore I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to give it as a gift and an excess. And it can be so much more fruitful that that's one thing I've realized why why I work like shout out to Carolina Sheardon. She's, she's kind of my time management guru and my time management mentor. Thank you, Natalie, or thank you father for the, uh, for the water. Um, my time management guru. And she, she always gets mad at me if I do work on my day off. Like she'll see an email go out and she's like, father, it's your day off. Like take a day off. And I, I like, I get that. And I, but, but if, if I actually spend some of my day off and I'm sorry, this is not wisdom. This really is not, but it, it's a success. If I spend part of my day off working, I find that, that I am actually much happier, whether it's returning emails or working on a project because I could stop at any time. Like I don't need to do this work and therefore it becomes actually quite fruitful. The same thing in prayer. If, if I don't, if I gave myself 15 minutes a goal and, and I minute 16 through 30, this is a pure gift. This is excess. This is, I don't need to be doing this right now. It, it's coming from a, you know, God is asking it of me, but I'm, it's still coming. I, I perceive it as a generous heart. And so, so they, they can be very, very fruitful. So the, the excessive time, as you mentioned, like my, my holy hour has been completely unfruitful as far as I'm defining it, according to that. There's, there's nothing to like bite into. There's nothing to show for. There's nothing just to speak of. I can't be eloquent about it. Therefore, it just seems like a waste, but it, it, it was actually excessive. It was actually something more the, the time I gave cannot be measured. It did not meet any goals that are, that are measurable. And therefore, it's even more divine and transcendent. I think, I think G.K. Chesterton said it well. Um, I'm, I'm going to quote him wrongly, but he said something like, if, if you drink because you have to, in other words, if you're an alcoholic, if you drink because you, ha- you have to, it's evil. If you drink because you don't have to, it's beautiful. And so it, they, even, even with drinking, right, that there's a, this is an excess, this is something more, this is something bigger. Um, you're, not, I, you're not saying we should drink in excess. No, 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 exactly. No, not at all. Yes, good, good clarification. Um, but, but if, if oh. I drink because I, if I, if I, <laughs> if I gamble because I have to, if I do drugs because I have to, it, it's, it's wrong. It's an evil. Like I, it, I, those things have control over me and it's a sin. Um, but if, if I can, <laughs> I, you guys are being a correct, good corrector to be do. Let the listener. That's, that's the let, conclusion I took that too. Let like, the listener <laughs> understand <laughs> everything good in moderation. Um, but 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 if, if we if we can if we can control these things and then they can be a gift. Leisure can be a gift. Prayer time can be a gift. And then those things that they're like you said, mother. It's not actually wasted. Um, but it's, it's rather a gift, a, a time where, where I gain no obvious benefit from it. So therefore the benefit in the sense, we could say it as, as goes to God, goes to the transcendent, goes to the kingdom of God and the body of Christ. Yeah. And, and as you're talking about like what the, um, you know, the things that are being accomplished in prayer, the things that we're, you know, the, the checking the box and so on and so forth. Um, I think that there's just like, where's it's so easy to forget the point of prayer. Like quite simply, the reason we pray is because we're trying to achieve union with God, right? And like every prayer is meant to meet that end. And so um, if I'm frustrated because my whole time spent in prayer, I was just with Jesus, and there's not like some other thing to share from that, then like it's working towards that end, but I'm forgetting what the end is. Um, we were just sharing last night about a priest who 
who would always begin his homilies the same way, sharing a very specific part of his life. Uh, this was your, your mom, Maddie, right? Um, sharing a very specific part of his life. And, and when, that, when that part of his life was taken away, he mm. didn't quite know how to function. And I, I think that's what, I mean, I have felt as, as soon as I became a deacon and all of a sudden I started preaching, all of a sudden every prayer, every time I read the scriptures, it was always for a homily. Yeah. There was never a time when I just read the scriptures just for the sake of union with God. I started every experience I had, I was like, how can I use this in homily? Every single time I read the Bible, how can I use this in homily? And there, there was no excess, there was no prodigal, there was no recklessness in my prayer. And I had to get over that. I had to say, Lord, I wanna be prodigal, I wanna be reckless in my relationship with you. And, and nobody is gonna know, this is my closet experience, right? Go into the closet and talk to you and you alone and you reward me who sees in secret and and now with a podcast it's even worse like every like every single thing is like this could be a podcast topic this could mm-hmm. be, i could talk about this on the podcast i can preach about this you know um it's just it, you we we need to find that waste we need to find that excess that that is only for god and and that was part of what you and i had talked about you know on the retreat father michael like i know you're not just going to share that and so i appreciate that but part of what we had talked about was like coming into the week um some of the struggles i was having were just like i'm not used to being like known in a public way like through the podcast through matt frad through things like that like i'm so unaccustomed to it and and there are certain struggles that i'm having because of that um and that's exactly one of the things like you're describing is for so long now um my prayer, the fruits that come from my prayer, it's like, oh, this will be a really beautiful thing to share. And that's not my intention in praying, right? But like, that's often the thought that comes after I have some sort of reflection in prayer. And um, and because that was like one of the things I was struggling with, I really think that even though I didn't ask for it, that's why this week was such a gift from God because he was like, I'm giving this to you for you because because our relationship matters. Like my relationship with the Lord matters and apart from even like what other people are are receiving from my relationship with him right like those things are are good and beautiful and um but they're the consequence of my relationship they're not what give worth to my relationship with him um and so it was it was a good experience to be able to just be with him and know that it was it was for me and my relationship with him and not for for the world. You know, I, I think you're actually a really good example of this mother. Um, when I, when we try to find fruit in our, in our relationship with Christ, um, oftentimes we think, okay, well, I'm going to say something wise. I'm going to be able to contribute. <laughs> you're like, and you never do that. You're a great example. But it's like, I, I, how do I contribute to this relationship? How often do we say that? How do I contribute to my circle of friends? What, what, mm. what, what, is, what is my role? And I, I need to keep it up or, or, they're, or I'm gonna, they're gonna kick me out of the circle, right? Like, what am I contributing? Um, what, what am, am, I, am I the wise one? Am I the funny one? Am I the whatever one? You know, and <laughs> cowboys all the above. Um, and, and so there's a, so it's like, what am I doing? And, and what we, we kind of forget that 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 is so incredibly debilitating. And I think, so what is, what is the fruit in prayer? And I, I think you're a good example, mother, of someone who says, people meet you and they may, it's just, it's your joy. It's, it's just the presence. And I think that comes from your relationship with Christ. And it's almost undefinable. Now we, we may say joy, but it, it's not, you have a good laugh and you, you, you're, you're entertaining and, and you're smart and you're funny. But like, like none, none of those things are, I think, if, if somebody asks, I, oh, I met Mother Natalia and she was, she was amazing. She was great. It was, and I'm like, well, what was it? And they're like, I don't know. But like, that's, that's the fruit of prayer is the, is the inexplicable joy that someone has that you, you want to be around them because they radiate Christ. They are an earthen vessel. Um, we were talking last night to... Um, because I don't think Libby will mind me saying this, but um, L- Libby's a very smart woman and she works at the seminary. And, and I remember thinking, we sat around last night and just like made fun of ourselves for two hours. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, how, how, often, how often does Maddie hang around people who just point out their own weaknesses for you two mean Libby. hours? What did I say? Maddie. Maddie. How often does Libby, sorry. How often does <laughs> Libby sit around with her friends and just make fun of themselves 
and make fun of each other a little bit and just point out their weaknesses, their vulnerabilities for two hours. Like, mm-hmm. but but in a in in a entertaining way, you know. And I thought, you know, in in a professional professional situation, LA, <laughs> um, in in any professional situation, we we don't often do that. And yet, it's I think it's great to be part of a community that every once in a while we'll just sit around and like rejoice in our weaknesses and rejoice in our vulnerabilities and be able to laugh at ourselves and and things like that. And it, it'd be a very joyful experience. So I I think that. I don't even want to say that that's measured because as soon as you try to measure what we get from our, our relationship with our Lord, other than theosis, it, it, there's nothing there and, and, and will we'll always be inadequate. Yeah, I think, I think theosis is the, exactly the point here though because I think like that's what, I, I say this with all humility, like I think that's what people see that they're attracted to is they see deification happening and, and they see us like, starting to act out of different places um, and out of different interior states. Like you you said something last night, Father Michael, and you said it like kind of as a joke, but then later you were like, I, I meant it when I said that. Like there, there has just been, I've become more self-possessed since becoming a nun. And that's, um, I think that's really coming from a place of like, as I'm growing closer to Christ, please God, in prayer, I'm like starting to find my worth in relationship with him as opposed to like all of these insecurities that I've acted out of for my whole life. And so like, yeah, I might still feel in a conversation like, oh, I'm clearly not the funny one here. Um, But then the next step, instead of saying like, that means I need to try to think of something funny. The next step is like, it's okay that I'm not the funny one here because that's not, that's not like what's important in my life. And because of that, um, uh, like I'm not, I'm not then like putting forth this false, putting forth this false front, right? Is that a right phrase? Putting up a false front. Um, (laughs) I don't know, whatever. Anyways, um, so it's like, I think it's, it's the sincerity. Like there's a sincerity that people see as we're no longer trying to be something that we're not. But the sincerity, like it's not even, it's not even just people are attracted to sincerity. It's that like the sincerity is coming from as I'm leaning more into my relationship with Christ, again, I don't do this well all the time, right? Like there are plenty of times in my life where I'm not leaning into that relationship, but when I'm leaning into that relationship, I'm becoming more truly myself. And each of us made in the image and likeness of God, as we become more truly ourselves, like that's what people are attracted to. Can I say something? Please, Natalie. Hey. Um, Hey. 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 Um, no, this all just reminded me of, um, Sister Claire, who I actually, I don't know if I brought her up on the last podcast. I've definitely mentioned her to you and how like she was very gifted and I, I don't know if, I mean, this is a primarily Catholic audience, so I'm sure some people know of Sister Claire Crockett, but she was very gifted and, and used her gifts to serve the communities to which she went in like the starting in, in the 2000s or so for 15 years until until she died. Um, but she always said like, my gifts are not mine. I'm not funny for myself. I'm not, you know, I, I don't put on skits or try to entertain the girls to attract them to myself. And that was like, after a long time of, of warring with the fact that she was those things to so many people and having to be like, no, that's not actually who I am. But the presence of those talents doesn't mean I don't use them. It just means I use them when Christ asks me to. And it's like the, like, if there's an opportunity, then use it. And if not, don't attract people just to yourself for the sake of yourself. Like we're gifted to attract others to the beauty that's Christ inside of us. And I think she exemplified that really well. And mother does too. Um, It's also exemplified really well by um, Nacho Libre 
and in that link, <laughs> Sister Claire Crockett and Nacho Libre. Um, in that spiritual tear, guys, you're all laughing. I'm being serious here. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, like when Nacho has when Nacho has this conversion moment where he realizes that he's trying to just wrestle for the glory, and <laughs> but that like actually he needs to be doing it for the orphans, and like that's a Yes, thank you, Natalie. <laughs> and that's just like a huge conversion moment in his life when he realizes that, like, <laughs> anyways, Sister Claire and Nacho Libre, those are my role models. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, let me ask you, Mother, is, is there any fruit in this for your relationship with Christ? So we, we talk about what do I contribute to my friends or to my parish, to my spouse, to my children? What what is my role, and do I need to keep it up in order to maintain a place, or I need to be, get a higher place? But I, I think there's something in this too, where you can go into the retreat saying, or you did go into the retreat saying, I don't need to contribute a lot to the, my relationship with Christ, and I don't need Him to contribute anything either. Like mm-hmm. I with, we we I will literally grow in holiness and grow in theosis by my excess of of increase and in receptivity to what He's doing. Yeah, because I mean, we we see this even in like in other human beings, right? One of the things that I was talking with with some of you about recently, I don't remember who was there, I'm really sorry. Oh, I think it was the Jesus prayer thing at Libby's house, but like we've all had this experience where just being around someone um like there are people who just radiate peace, right? Like when I am in the presence of Father Boniface Hicks, I just want to be a better person. I want to be holy just by being in his presence. It's not even anything he says. It's not even, I mean, he also says brilliant things and like beautiful things, but that's not the point. It's like, even if he and I are just sitting there and he's not saying anything, I want to be a better person because of his presence, because he he just radiates such peace. And so if I can experience that in like good humans, um, how much more so can we experience that just by being in the presence of Christ? Like just by sitting in silence for hours this week without any quote unquote profound revelations, like I just have in my heart a desire to be a better person and to be to be holier. And and again, like that works towards the end of salvation. And so if this is working toward that end, then like that's the goodness that comes from it. And all of the other things are just added benefits. Um, I remember back when I was dating, that became a very obvious thing is, is within, a, within a few dates, you can tell, does this person make me want to be a better man or like a, a less virtuous man? And, mm-hmm. I, and I could tell within three dates if my relationship with her was, was heading in one of those two directions. And it, it became a very obvious thing like do do we go on a fourth and fifth and sixth date or do we just stop here and 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 it was it was that obvious sometimes like i if i'm preparing for the date i want to i prepare with prayer you know i prepare with with you know kind of thoughtful begging our lord to to speak to me or was it just if i was like i'm going into this date and like I need to make sure that I'm on point. I need to make sure that, you know, I'm, I'm doing all the things right. That's not a good date. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was, it's more of a, I think I can handle this. I'm excited about the date because I'm, she's going to be so impressed with me. Mm-hmm. Like, no, that, that's the wrong reason. But if I went into it a little bit, a little bit healthily intimidated by, I need to become a better man and this woman is helping me do that. And I think that, that absolutely can apply to celibacy as well. You know, it, it's when I go into prayer, do I, do I leave prayer? I used to do this with, with, with Shapu, with Archbishop Shapu. I would leave every single spiritual direction just on fire to be a better priest mm-hmm. every single time. I would walk like the, 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 two, the two blocks home, just like my whole, I, I was so excited just to literally go back to the office or to have this spiritual direction session mm-hmm. or to do something. And um, I... I why, why, why am I going here? I, f- I forget. Because I was talking about how just being in the presence, in the silence makes me want to be holier, makes yeah. me want to be better. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and this, man, I had something I was going to say, and then you forgetting what you were trying Sorry. to say made me forget what I wanted You're to say. You're having sympathy, forgetfulness. I know. Um, uh, 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 shoot. This is horrible. Steve needs to edit all of this out. Can someone with better eyesight tell me (laughs) what that says? How many minutes in we are? I've got an idea. Um, 
Um, Maddie's saying don't set it in the sand, Father Michael. Okay. Yeah. Um, the red. 38, thank you. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm watching the time too. Gosh, oh my okay. goodness. Okay, keep talking about Archbishop Chaput, please. <laughs> And I'll I try to remember what I was going to say. No, he he would, Arch, well, uh, just to be obedient to you right now, um, Archbishop Chaput was, well, one of the things that was always so inspirational was that he was so blunt and and convicting and he would encourage by calling me out. By the way, if anybody knows, if anybody is listening from the Archdiocese of Los Angeles um, and you know and you know of a, a priest who could, who could be my local mentor, who will not take any of my stuff. I don't even know what How words I can use Timothy? on this podcast. Um, <laughs> who, who, who is going to call me out on everything? Who's going to see see through me? And whenever I make any excuses, they're gonna be like, "Father Michael, that's an excuse." That that's exactly what Shepi was to me, and, and I, that's why I walked walked away, being like, "Oh yeah." But he would also he would also say like, every once in a while he would say something. He could see I was a bit downcast. I was like, like that hit home and that hit hard. And he'd be like, you know, I love you, right? And I'm like, Aww. okay, thank you. You read my mind. I needed that little, that little <laughs> phrase in there, um, which I'm usually not that sensitive to those things. But every once in a while, it's like, he just, he just called out a core part of my insecurity. And uh, he called it out with intense bluntness. Like the one time he said, you're really good. I've probably shared this before. You're really good, good at being a young priest. Like you use your youth so well for your ministry. You're going to be horrible as an old priest. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, everything that makes you a good priest is because you're young. Like that's it. That's the only reason why you're having any su- success whatsoever. When you're old, you actually have to become holy if you want to be if you want to be a good priest. Like, oh snap. I really wish I could remember what I wanted to say. It's okay. All right. Well, maybe Jesus didn't want me to say it. We Irish say that the angels took it from your mouth. Okay, then that's what happened. Okay. Um, but I don't know. I think I just I just want to make the point that it's okay for our time with Jesus to be just for us and Jesus and to not necessarily have... I think it should be most of the time. Right. That's, yeah. like, that's the point of prayer, right? But I think that when we get to that point in prayer, um, sometimes we can be tempted to think that that means that we're failing at prayer. Whereas maybe it means like we're at a really good place in prayer because we're here um, just to be with Jesus. Like this is the point of why Father What a Waste is such a offensive. I don't mean like when people say it necessarily, but even just the concept of it is so sad because we're saying that to give something to the Lord for the sake of the Lord is a waste. And, um, and that's how we can often feel in prayer, I think. Like, um, if this is something other than just for the Lord, then it's a waste. And I, I would encourage people to like, I, I know that oftentimes people will like use their commute to pray or use this time or that time to pray. Like, um, and I think that's really good. And I think that you should do that. But I think it's also important to take time when you could be doing other things and take that time to pray. Like yep. not, just, not just taking the time that's convenient, um, in the sense of like, the Lord needs to be very conveniently fit into our schedule, but like time that we could be giving to something else, we're going to intentionally give that to the Lord. Like we're supposed to tithe our money, but the same should be true of our time, right? Um, that we need to, to give to him time that's worth it and not just like whatever is the leftover or the convenience or something. Yeah, I, I, I know that that's a, that's a thing that that some priests are now doing nowadays. Thank God, because there was a time in the church where, where we would make all the all the different services happening at the church when a time that was convenient. Like mm-hmm. let's find let's find the most convenient time for people and have the services then, or have our have our men's groups, women's groups, Bible studies at the most convenient times. Like yes, that makes complete sense, but it also makes sense, and you're gonna you're probably gonna get the most dynamic, urgent people that are seeking holiness and asceticism, like true asceticism, if you actually make it at the inconvenient times and allow them to be challenged and, and to put Christ first and, and to put this first. And correct me if I'm wrong, Mother, um, and Abuna Timothy, but um, <laughs> like th- that, that, that's what monasticism is, right? Is it's, you, you, you have set times for prayer because that becomes the rhythm and everything else 
falls around that. Yes. So that was that was something that was actually really, I'm glad you said that. That was so significant for me. When I came on observership at the monastery, uh, I came on a five-week visit to the monastery and I was so moved by when I was at, um, we should probably cover that from the sun. Um, I tried and Maddie said no. No, Maddie did not say no. <laughs> um, so when... <laughs> When I was a teacher, um, I tried to set aside certain hours of the day that I was going to pray, even if it was just for like to pray one psalm or something like that, um, to kind of break my day apart into the different hours like we do in the monastic life. Um, But when I was teaching, it felt very much like I'm going about my day, I'm living my life, and I need to pause life for a second in order to go pray. Mm. And then when I was at the monastery for my observership for those five weeks, it felt very much like my life is prayer. I need to pause the liturgical prayer for a second to go do this work. Um, But then I'm back to the prayer. And it's like, I think it's a subtle difference, but there's just this, this paradigm shift that happens of like, and of course we're supposed to be trying to pray without ceasing, right? But what I mean is, there's this paradigm shift of like, what's the priority? What's the backbone of the day? Like what's the structure of the day? And then it's like, oh, I need to, I need to put some work in here in order to make the rest of it happen. But the work is not the point in and of itself. The work is supporting these other things for happening. Yeah. Yeah. Prayer becomes the engine or the heart um, that, that feeds everything else. Yeah. Uh, there was a, I was sharing the other day that, um, my, I was asked years ago to give a talk at a homeschool convention. And when the woman asked you, she's like, hey, can you give a talk? I was like, sure. And then I just said, I started like, we started talking about something else. She said, don't you want to know the topic? And I said, oh, the topic was always just the Byzantine Catholic Church. Like er- every talk I gave, I, I'm a one trick pony, right? That, that, that's, that, 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 that's what I asked to give talks on. That's it. And she's like, no, 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 no. We want to hear about what your parents did right. Like about good parenting mm. because like I have amazing, amazing siblings, amazing nieces and nephews. Um, the generation before my parents, uh, not right before, but you know, a couple before, there was some great addiction and 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 trouble that that seems to have been corrected by in a generation or two. Thank God. Um, and and so it was really beautiful. So I I called my mother and had that awkward conversation. So mom, I'm giving a talk on how wonderful you are. Like, um, <laughs> can you give me a word on <laughs> on why you're so wonderful? And and she just said the the only thing I can say is that the moment I found out I was pregnant with you, I consecrated you to the mother of God. Mm-hmm. I just gave you away. You're you're my child is not mine. Take him Theotokos. You know, take him Lord. Like they're yours. If you want me to participate in the life of this child. You tell me what to do, mm-hmm. but but they they are not mine. Um, I forget where I was going with that too. But anyway, I'm telling you, it's the sun. Like, is it the sun? We're both just so. The sun is yeah. We're so spacey. I was gonna say something deep and meaningful. <laughs> the whole the whole point of this podcast, <laughs> the whole point of this podcast, is for people to feel like it was a waste of their time, but that they gave uh, it to the Lord. You're so not supposed funny. to say that out loud. <laughs> That's the conclusion they come to. <laughs> oh. Oh. No, but I, I I do think that is a beautiful that that would be that would be a great like biography for your mother like. A life, a life beautifully a wasted. wasted. Life. <laughs> no, beautifully wasted. Like that—that's the point, right? Like, it, 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 like prodigal, excessive, just sh- you know, shine. The, 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 there's something. There's. It was a life given completely to our Lord, and so many people benefited from that. Mm. You know, and and that's really anybody. The ideal of any. I mean, that that's the same thing, right? Uh, and when you're married, you give your life to your spouse, and your children benefit from it. Mm-hmm. Um, you give your life to your children, and the whole society benefits from it. We know when we and when we give our life to Christ, everybody benefits from it, no matter what your vocation is. And I, I think that's just that's so unmeasurable in most cases. And that's why it's good to have good friends. You know, it's good to have good friends because I, I think we we all need to hear from our friends. You know that that I'm benefiting from you. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter how you contribute. You know, you could you could lose everything that 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 you think makes you part of this community, friend group, parish, family, whatever it is, and and 
and that would actually be helpful because if you think that you're only part of this community because you're contributing, then stop contributing. You know, just stop it. This actually, this actually doing more harm. When I have people in the like in the church do that, you know, Father, you know, I uh, I don't come to church that often, but but I. I, I contribute every week. I send in my check and I don't have the time for church, but you know, I send in my check and, and I, did this, I, I just go, please stop sending in the check. Mm-hmm. Like, please, if, if that's, if that's, actually not doing any good if that's giving you any excuse by yeah. sending us money, we do not need the money. And I don't even want the money, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it's, it's just such a, such a turnoff when you realize that the devil's convinced everybody, even me, that, that those type of contributions are what's kind of keeping me holy, keeping me feeling okay, keeping me guilt-free. It's like, cut it off. Cut your eye out, cut your hand off. You know, Get rid of these things that, that, that are causing you to sin. It's in yeah. the Bible somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Is there anything, I'm giving you free reign to, is there something on retreat that happened that you think I should bring up that I'm forgetting? No, I, I honestly, I don't, I wouldn't want you to do any more because I, I don't want you to think that you have to contribute to this podcast. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it's I, literally my yeah, episode. <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I, <laughs> I don't, I, I really don't want something. you to, to even have to dig. Just like keep it with our Lord. Keep okay. it, keep it between the two of you. Okay. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I think even though this podcast was so random, I think it's going to be one of the best because Abuna Timothy is sitting over there praying for us and, pray, and praying for our listeners. Uh-huh. And so you guys are going to get so much out of this, even that's not spoken. That's true. That's, that's He's a good man over there. So I, I would love, he, you, you totally put me on the spot, Abuna. So I'm going to put you on the spot. But can, you, can you give our listeners a word, please? Just a word. You're, you're a monastic. Just one word. No. Oh, he's turning us down. He We're won't denied. Do it. Right, any, any, I mean, he put you on the spot with like three other people there <laughs> in his defense. You just put him on the spot with like a few thousand. <laughs> All right. Any, any of our, our, uh, our very great, what I say? Our very best listeners. Dear, most dearest listeners. Very dearest listeners. Any other thoughts from anybody here? I think it's interesting, the idea of this wasting time because... I have a different perspective on your retreat because you were there to like be super spiritual. And yet there were times when you would like stop and let me interrupt you for something. And then, or then after you were done with your silence, you would just hang out or eat or something. And if someone was looking at that from the outside, going, oh, that's what this week is about, is about getting really holy and doing lots of holy things and praying a lot. Your time with me or your time just sitting around with people and talking would have seemed a waste. But I can say that I come away from this week the way he comes away, the way Father Michael said he came away from a meeting with Chapel. And it was all those moments of just spending, I mean, yeah, there were like particular moments of like having dinner or this or that, but there were just so many so like wasted moments just passing each other in the pergola or something. And then I'd forget you on silence and ask you a question. And, and instead of scolding me and looking at me like, I'm being really holy right now, <laughs> you would actually just stop and waste a couple minutes mm. with me. So in some sense, it's kind of like, I think that the fruit of, the fruit of prayer, the fruit of quote unquote, you know, wasting time with God is that in some sense you get to then carry that forward mm. and, and and put yourself into the into that position of being the blessing when people just waste time with you. Mm. I mean that's kind of maybe the definition of leisure or one of them. But I anyway, I'm, I I was I felt great about it. Thanks, Andrew. I also think as it's it's very very important to pray in secret. The Bible tells us to. We go into our classes, we pray alone, and God sees us there and he rewards us because he sees in secret. But I also think it's very important, especially for parents to pray in front of your kids. Like sit in silence, sit in your icon corner, light your candles, light your incense, and just pray, but, but like in silence, like let them see you praying. And, and in a sense, I think any child's gonna be like, mom, pay attention to me. Like you're not doing anything, you know, if, if you're not, you know, being a mom in, in, in the way I define it, you're not really doing anything. So if moms and dads prayed in front of their kids, and I've heard that many times, you know, as, as a pastor, like let your people see you praying. 
let them see you ask for confession. Let 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 they let them see you be a good Christian in addition to being a priest. That's why I love the prayers in our Compline service because you have, whether it's the hegumen, the hegumena, the, the abbot, the pastor, like they're the ones pleading with God before they go to bed, um, you know, Lord, I'm a sinner. And they even like list out kind of the typical sins that are gonna be happening. Like, I'm a sinner, please, please save me. And, and you're saying all these things in front of the people that are your children. You're, you're saying in the people, in front of the people that you have a certain authority over, spiritual authority over, and you're, you're speaking to God about your own sin in front of them. And it's, it's just such a beautifully, vulnerable thing, but I think- in And that, you're asking their forgiveness for your sin. The people's, yeah. 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 And, and, and there's a, there's a, a sense of, of let, let your people see that you're putting in the same work they are, you know? Um, if you can, mow your own lawn, do your own dishes, if you, you know, if, if that's just something discerned, um, but then also make sure that you are, you're, 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 you're leading by example about the most basic aspects of a good Christian life. Yeah, and I think tying into that and tying back to the Father, what a waste comment, right? Oftentimes that's said because the, the Father is very good on the eyes. And um, it's interesting that you bring this up, right? The, the, the private prayer, but also the public witness, right? And I think part of what's beautiful about really beautiful people being in the religious life is is God kind of does that, right? That's his public prayer hmm. is this is beauty and beauty does exist for me. And when someone beautiful who the world thinks has all the opportunities and options chooses God back, it's this beautiful witness of what that looks like in a very physical representation. Yeah. And, and I think that's the sad thing of our society is our society says someone that's good looking contributes to society and someone who's not doesn't. So, so it, it's a waste because their, their contribution to society is now taken away, but they would not say the same thing about someone who's not stereotypically good looking. Like, well, that they're not a waste because they weren't contributing anything like that. That's obviously overgeneralizing, but it's just a really sad state of affairs about the way that when, when, when we, ta- I mean, most people that say that I don't think are thinking this way, but, but it, 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 like you said, mother, it is a joke. Hopefully most people are joking. Um, but it it does it does reveal the the dark underbelly of society and and what we can what we consider fruitful or a contribution um, rather than the other. So yeah, pray for society. Yeah, because that's and that's it's that societal expectation too, right? Of that's um, that's a lot of the comments that I got from people who weren't understanding of me entering the monastery. Like it wasn't just a matter of like looks or something, but they'd be like, you have a degree in engineering physics and you could be, you know, I remember a comment that I got from a professor who, um, when he found out that I was a missionary and, um, he asked what our mission work was. And, um, I was very nervous around him because he was very intimidating. And so I just kind of like stuttered and, but I, I started out by saying like, well, some of it is, is, you know, like bringing diapers or bringing, but, and he's like, he was furious when I said this. And he was like, one in 10,000 people can do the physics that you can do. And you're like, anyone can deliver diapers. And he was so, he was so, and it was like really a backhanded compliment coming from this particular professor. Um, But, um, but like to him, that was a waste, right? Um, and, and I think that's a common thing of even within the church, I think people often think that just because God gives us a particular gift or a particular talent, that that means that we have to use it in the way that society deems useful. Otherwise we're wasting it. Um, if you read Acts of the Apostles and look up the, I don't know where it is, but this, um, I think it's like Acts 2, um, where, where the, uh, where the deacons, Stephen and the deacons, because the 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 widows are not getting an even distribution of bread. Like what the requirements to be a servant, like the requirements to give a widow bread, there's like four or five of them and they're all beautiful, you know, sanctity, deliberation, all, all these, there's six, oh, 
Acts six. Thank you, cowboy. In Acts six, look it up and just and read read through the the th- when they were looking for these men to become deacons, the the qualities and the the only thing at this point for the diaconate was just to be able to serve the widows and 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 how many virtues there were necessary to to serve the widows. That's what this guy, this professor, didn't understand. Like like mm-hmm. to to do that well. I I had a, a horrific situation where. We were doing Thanksgiving at my parish in Denver and we lived in such a nice neighborhood. We literally had to like go pick up homeless people in our cars and bring them to the parish mm-hmm. for Thanksgiving. So we bring in like maybe 25 homeless people and, and this woman, this one woman comes and she's, she's a friend of a friend and she comes and goes, oh, I've never been to a Catholic church like this and I'm Catholic. I said, oh, you're Catholic. What, what parish do you go to? Oh, I don't. I don't go to church anymore, and may, maybe every once in a while on, on Christmas or Easter, and and I like so I've heard that so many times. So something in me just kind of snapped, and I was like, I was like, just please be very careful calling yourself Catholic if you're not actually practicing anything, because like some people give their entire life and sacrifice everything mm. for this, and and it, it's just it when when someone just says it that flippantly. And then she she apologized profusely, and then we went into the hall, and she busted out a bowl of hot water and started washing their feet. Mm-hmm. And like I was looking at these homeless people's feet, and they were the, some of them were so disgusting, I I could not have done it, and I was so shamed. I was like, here I am spouting off about. <laughs> you know, coming to liturgy or, or calling yourself Catholic. And here she is doing something that I could not do. Like our Lord was just like, you know, <laughs> stop being arrogant. Stop, stop, stop judging. Stop doing all these things. Cause I gave her this great gift and she is contributing so much by washing these people's feet. Exactly mm-hmm. what I did and what I told you to do. And you cannot pull it off. It's mm-hmm. like one of the commandments of the Bible. She is doing it intentionally and willingly and she has this virtue and you can't even do it. It was it was so incredibly humbling for me. I, I tried to apologize to her later on, but I, I couldn't even get the words out. So, oh, yeah. Um, well, we need to wrap up so that we yeah. can get back to the parish for Vespers. All right, can all y'all think of a quick prayer intention? So. Um, man, I should have done this at the beginning. What? Like the thinking of my prayer intention. Oh, well, let me, let me, do, let me do the spiel. Oh, let's talk, cowboy, cowboy the spiel. can you do Cowboy's my spiel? Here. My squirrel is here for me. (laughs) All right, all you listeners, on whatever it is you're listening to, like and share and rate and review. This is especially helpful on Apple Podcasts, where the reviews are really what moves it up the chain. Your chance to evangelize via the podcast is to review the podcast. Find us on Facebook, like and follow. Find us on Instagram, follow, like all the posts. There is a nonprofit called Fotina, which you can find at fotina.org and also on patreon.com slash Fotina. That's P-H-O-Tina. You can follow, follow Father Michael. He's on Twitter at Padre Michael O, as well as on Instagram at Father Proudest Monkey. Yes. Um, as well as whatgodisnot.com is the website. And of course, email us questions, comments, feedback, whatgodisnot at gmail.com. Whatgodisnotpodcast at gmail.com. Nice. We have a Goodreads. We're on audio on YouTube. I think that's everything. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you to pray for Abuna Timothy and myself and all the other monastics out there so that we can remember... Um, the goal of prayer um, because we are not of service to the world if we are not living our monastic vocation well. Um, I'm going to ask you to pray for Abuna Gregory and Natalie because they are so good at asking for prayer. Um, and Abuna asked me, it was, it was just so beautiful. It's like, pray for me, pray for me. I was like, I need to say that more times than you do. Um, but it was, I, 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 I think it's just a cultural thing, like within the culture of the church, Natalie, just asking for prayer that frequently. Yeah. It's really beautiful. Anyway, we've got to get that from the cops. Um, but it, it, was, it, was, uh, it made me want to pray. I walked away wanting to be a more prayerful person and, and actually pray because I said I would. Um, so pray for, yeah, Natalie and Abuda Gregory and um, all of our new Coptic friends. Um, pray for everyone tonight who comes to the live episode that those who are Coptic who are coming benefit and I because th- I think it's been really beautiful to exchange all the beauty that we've 
developed separately and bring it together and grow forward together. So for those driving, um, for the person coming up in, in her meeting of mother, all those people coming today, we can pray for them that that's fruitful. Um, I'm going to ask for prayers for those who don't understand the sacrifice of discerning a religious vocation. I'm going to invite everyone to join me in the penance I was given last Friday and pray for my mother. Her name is Sharon. I'm going to ask for, um, I'm going to be, I'm going to be mostly selfish and ask for prayers for, um, my ability, my holiness and my ability to take this message that we've talked about today and work it into my own life and in my own work and my own apostolate for uh, the repose of the soul of my parents and family and for the inevitable uh, Mother Natalia withdrawal that I'm going to be going through <laughs> here, here, tomorrow or so, yeah. All right. Thanks, you guys. This was uh, was good to be with you. Good to hang out on the beach. (laughs) Um, Love you all. Love you, listeners. Love you, Father Michael. Love you too, Mother. Love you all. Thank you. um, Father, can you give us a blessing? May the Lord bless you and keep you. Cause his face to shine upon you. Have mercy on you. May he give you everything you need to continue to treasure and grow in your appreciation of God's love for you and his invitation for the exclusivity and intimacy that he invites you into. May he give you the opportunity and the desire to uh, prodigally, recklessly, extravagantly um, give your entire self to him and receive his entire self as a gift. May you come to appreciate what that is and grow in the, the sometimes hard earned virtue of building up the habit of prayer and receptivity. May he prevent any attacks of the devil that may get in the way of his goal for you and your reception of this goal. And may he allow you to to join in prayer and to receive the prayers that others offer to you and to call to mind those who need your prayer the most. May our Lord bless you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.